Hey, it's Brian. Welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. I'm going to tell you about our sponsor real quick, Two Foot Parade Records. Um, They are an independent record label based in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, whose mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give any partial ownership of their work. Um, So, woke as shit. I dig it. Um, They have two new releases currently. um, Worry Club's Volume 1 mixtape and Nestle Lake's Low Light Cassette are both available for purchase on their website, um, twofootparade.com. They are currently accepting submissions from bands on their website, um, and all their social medias can be found at at twofootparade. So that's twofootparade.com and at twofootparade. Um, And Gabe, who runs it, is just really cool. Um, I've met him, goes to shows, involved in the scene. You know, they're really cool. Um, The only time I met Gabe, we fucked around quite a bit with Pat Ray. So I don't know if you even remember Gabe, but we had a good time and I could tell that if I was to work with Two Foot Parade Records, there'd be a really good artist to label um, communication. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Um, Check them out and enjoy the episode. What up, guys? This is Brian Porter, your host. Invite the neighbors. Welcome to another episode. Um, As I like to say, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is a pod devoted to couple musicians um interviewing other musicians and people within the music scene to sort of you know get to know the the people behind the artists if that makes sense like the people behind the art i should say like who are these people on a deeper level like what what inspires their music like what informs the choices they make as musicians and like you know what what influences them and where i like to provide context for the releases like whenever a band has a new record like what inspired it like what was going on in their life or like what um excites them about what they're doing blah 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 you know just to get to know the artist on a deeper level that's kind of what we're about as well as just being silly geese like we fuck around a lot it's fun just try it sometime um but anyways this episode is with the sssr i talked with their singer and songwriter hunter um who fun fact thought was a guy for like three weeks texting and leading up to the episode so felt really silly to begin with but turns out not that it matters but you know i just felt kind of silly but we had a really good time i just finished the episode recording it actually uh and we related on a lot of different stuff um they have an ep called the anatomy of falling out of love which is very emotionally you know i think it's emotionally intelligent and i think that is reflected in the conversation that we just had and i think that you're about to hear um there were times when I thought that I was talking to myself in, you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, cause like I could just relate with, with so much of what she was saying, um, just emotionally and just about music. Like I felt like this was a, a good episode and it went long because I felt like we just related on a lot of levels in terms of like just how we view music and how we interpret emotion, you know, things like that. Just kind of our outlook on life. So this is a, I think an easier one to do for me because it, it just flowed really naturally. I think you guys are going to hear that and I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, anyways, I'm going to go feed my cat. Follow us on Spotify so you don't miss an episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram, invite the neighbors, Twitter at ITNPod. Um, yeah, and make sure you follow the SSSR um, and check out their music on Spotify. You know, give that shit a digital spin and tell a friend about this podcast please or or rate us review us on itunes you know anything to 
you know, increase the visibility of the podcast is much appreciated. So that being said, I'm going to stop rambling and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Um, wait. Okay. Hopefully this works. Sometimes the recording bot kind of fucks up. So I just, <laughs> well, I guess we'll know. find out. <laughs> yeah, no, we will. I, you know, I've lost entire episodes before, uh, not to scare you. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like it's because I wasn't paying attention to the thing, but I'm paying attention to this time. I promise. Um, oh yeah. So, it's the beauty of production. Yeah. So you're Hunter. Yeah, I'm Hunter. Thought I was talking to a guy this entire time. Not that it matters, but <laughs> no, I mean it, it happens all the time. You know, it's a, it's a pretty unisex name, so sometimes you know you don't know who you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, and like I saw uh, a, a photo of you guys, and there was like a guy and a girl in the photo that I saw, and so I thought I was talking to a guy the whole time. But hey, it's all good. Um, I just feel silly now thinking back on it. But um, anyways, you guys are from uh, you said Nashville, right? Yeah, absolutely. So were you like, did you grow up there? So I'm actually originally from Ohio, but it kind of sucks now that I, I play music because I feel like I kind of missed out on a lot of the Ohio scene. There's just a lot of cool stuff going on there right now. Or I mean, I guess even right now, but definitely in the past. And so I, I feel like I kind of missed out on a lot of that cool stuff going on up there. But yeah, I, uh, I moved down here a couple years ago and, and pretty much ever since then, uh, that's really when the band started was my, when I moved down here. Imagine like so telling someone that being in Nashville was worse for music than Ohio. <laughs> and like, like someone who wouldn't, doesn't know, I mean, cause you're right. There is a lot of cool shit going on in Ohio. Um, you know, especially in like, DIY. I don't know if you guys consider yourself like in the DIY music scene at all, but there is, I know a lot of stuff in like Bowling Green, um, Akron, there's different places like house venues and things like that. Um, that, you know, that wouldn't be on a lot of people's radar. That, that's why, like, if you didn't know what was going on then like Ohio would kind of sound funny compared to Nashville. Right. No, even like the house venues, like even you'll find even in the smallest of towns in Ohio, you'll just find such gems. And so that's really like one of the things that I've really loved about Ohio's music scene. But I mean, even the scene here in Nashville, um, there were some cool houses in the past, but I definitely feel like in Ohio, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's a little bit easier to to keep your house venue running. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. Like there's less attention from yeah. whether it's like neighbors or cops or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult to do that. I think in a populated area, but although like I've played a, a bunch of shows in like Ann Arbor, Ipsy in, in, in Michigan. And cause those are both college towns. So if you're in a college town when like most of your neighbors are college kids, it doesn't really matter as much. But like, I couldn't imagine, like, I live in a suburban area that's not a college town. I couldn't imagine trying to have like full blown shows at my house. It would probably, probably get shut down real quick. Right. Yeah. No, it's honestly crazy. Um, even in Dayton, we played a show up there. Um, actually it was a, a new year's Eve show for 2020. So like what a way to kick off that year. But, uh, we were playing at our friend Jackie's house and 
she lives in a neighborhood and it was honestly crazy. Um, she went and talked to her neighbors like before the show and, and everybody was super chill, but yeah, I've definitely noticed, um, there was a house that is actually one of the first house venues here in Nashville that I ever went to the, um, Hollywood. And so when I went there, uh, I know they had a bunch of trouble with, with their neighbors and, and just, you know, making sure they could keep the space going. Oh yeah. I've heard of that place. Do you know, do you know Kevin Rice by chance? Yeah, I love Kevin. Actually, okay, so yeah. Kevin played on this record and he um, played in our live stream as well. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's been a big part of this band, even though he's miles away. But it's so good to still be able to play with him and, you know, stay friends, even though we're states apart now. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Kevin. He actually uh, he's he's the person that um, kind of introduced me to the whole DIY world, to be honest. Like I met him at Bloodfest in Michigan one year a couple of the it was the second to last year they did blood fest and he just oh, fucking wow. walked up to me and my buddy because my buddy's wearing a jawbreaker shirt and he's like oh i like your shirt and then we just ended up hanging out with him for like an hour and like that's awesome yeah that sounds very kevin <laughs> yeah yeah he's i'm like oh this this dude can talk and then we saw him a few times that day and i ended up uh getting his number and i went down to nashville um later that year or something i saw a show at that i don't know if you remember that like when kevin was promoting for this shows at like this little fucking deli in uh in murphy murfreesboro i think it's called um like middle tennessee the uh that college camp well anyways he was doing shows at this crappy little deli as he would describe it and uh hung out with him there and now i'm in michigan and his like other base is Kalamazoo, so we'll run into each other at shows here and there, and he's always a good time. Bought him breakfast last time because I felt bad because he hadn't slept in like 24 hours. <laughs> that definitely sounds very classic, Kevin. No, it's it's honestly crazy. He's definitely been a big part of even the SSSR's journey throughout all of this, and so I'm I definitely he's been so great to just introduce us to to so many different things. And he was really the person that I, I first went to Bloodfest. Uh, we went to the last one together. And so that one was, that one was super cool and super fun, but yeah, he's just been a b really big part, honestly, of, of this band and this journey. Um, so it's really good to get to have him a part of it. Yeah. If I would have known, I would have told him to come on. Although sometimes he just jumps randomly on episodes because whoever comes and does an episode on discord like I, I don't kick them from the server so sometimes random <laughs> people will just like join and one time kevin like just showed up didn't you know didn't announce it just started i just heard his voice in the middle of an episode i was like oh hi how are you but, <laughs> that's incredible i was wondering i saw yeah. that it was an open chat so i was wondering if people ever hopped on yeah, but they I, do. I also noticed that uh you play in a band up in michigan as well uh-huh Yep, yeah. Sure oh yeah. Yeah. Uh that so this the story of this podcast is like I am kind of an introvert in in I'm like a situational introvert. So like if I mean if you come and do my podcast, I'm very extroverted, you know, like I talk and I talk and I talk and I love music and talking about it, but like when I first started my band, like I was really I didn't really know anybody in the scene outside of like Kevin and a couple people and I was just really like the, the idea of like 
making friends in the scene the old-fashioned way by just like going to shows and stuff it just really seemed really daunting to me because like i'm not super social when i don't know a lot of people in environments like that and i i, I just i hate being the guy that just like walks up like exactly what kevin does i suck at like just like walking up to a group of people one because i don't smoke cigarettes so i can't be like can I bum a cigarette? Because that's how so many conversations start. So like, I, I have like no pretense to walk up and join a conversation. So I just don't. So I figured I'll start the podcast. And I know how much artists love to talk about themselves being one myself. <laughs> and so it's worked. You know, I, I just wanted to make friends in the scene. I wanted to meet people and build my network for my own band. So that's kind of why I do this. And also because it's just fun to talk about and it's fun to let people promote themselves because i didn't feel like at the time i didn't feel like there was a lot of podcasts doing that you know and i i still feel like our podcast i mean there's a lot of different music podcasts but i feel like we're the one that focuses the most on like directly whatever a band is currently trying to promote you know what i mean like there's definitely podcasts that do other cool things i feel like ours is the our niche is like getting to know the artist on a personal level and figuring out like what it is that makes them tick as artists, like what inspires them, things like that. So that's my like lengthy sort of explanation for that. But Oh yeah, no, I've, I've really loved some of the past episodes. I, um, actually you're, I think it was the two hour long episode. Um, can't remember where it was recorded at, but it had a bunch of people on it. It was your like 50th episode. And so I listened to that entire episode no and then way. a couple more and on the in, on the way back from ohio when i was coming back to nashville and so i literally listened to the whole thing so i thought it was so cool to get to hear so many different artists in the community and, and their perspective on things but i definitely agree like it can be really hard and intimidating to make connections especially when you're just at a show and especially if you're going alone uh yeah i know actually today we just um, put out for free kind of deal. Uh, that was kind of really my thing was like some of the best friends that I've ever made were, were friends that I made at a show or connections from a show that I went to by myself, including Kevin. Uh, I met him at Hollywood um, for their EP release show. That was the first time I had ever met him and a bunch of other people that I now consider really good friends and including the first drummer. Um, his name is Blake. He lives in Indiana now and he plays with Dana Scully. Um, but he was really one of the first people that I had also met. And it was really literally just from a conversation with a random person standing next to me. And so we actually just put out these like just random DIY themed kind of conversation starter cards that are just free to download for anybody. But it really is just like this game of like being able to start those conversations and make connections with new people and, and form that community. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing to add to that because I just, you just basically laid it all out. That's how it works, which I love, you know, like it's, it's very inviting. Like uh, in hindsight, like based on everything you just said, like in hindsight, it was silly of me to be afraid to like, not afraid, but just like even be anxious. About. Yeah, it's intimidating. It is. But like in hindsight, you realize like all these people, like there's so many, like, and I say this in a very endearing way, but it's just like a bunch mm -hmm. of nerds all getting together, you know, like we're all just kind of nerdy people. We're all kind of like maybe social outcast traits, you know, but then we get all together and everyone's so supportive of each other because there's so many people that have felt like in, you know, in, in society, they're maybe on the outside looking in, you know, or like a lot of times like 
I just feel like I, I there's like a, a, a bonding over the fact that we're all sort of not degenerates, but like not necessarily like the popular kids in high school to use like a cliche example. So like everybody is, I, I just get the vibe that everybody knows what it's like to maybe be bullied or, or to not to feel left out. And so now that they've found this community for people like them, it's like super supportive and it's super inviting and things like that. So there's, there's really, if anyone's listening to this and is having the same experience as I did, or maybe you did at the beginning, like, there's really mm-hmm. no reason to be afraid. There's really no reason to even feel nervous because like so many people are just like wanting to accept newcomers. If that makes sense. Yeah. And just so many people that, that do just want to see other people from this community, you know, be successful and, and find, you know, their community of people, whether it be listeners of, of music or people that you can hang out with at shows. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, even if you don't, even if you aren't like in a band, like there's so many people that are just, that I, I see it shows all the time that they just love the scene itself and they just want to like be a part of it. You know, you know, you've got something good if people that aren't directly involved in it are like directly involved in it, if that makes sense. Like you're not an artist, but like it's something you can tell that it's like something special and it's something that you want to be associated with. Like there's a lot of people I know that are just like dedicated supporters of it without actually being in bands. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's super awesome that there can just be a community of people. Cause you know, I think what's really cool is it, I feel like it doesn't just stop at music anymore. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of different talents across the DIY community itself. While, you know, I mean, obviously DIY is this whole big term and it's it's really just obviously like do you do it yourself and and doing putting in the action. And so I think now seeing visual artists and having those connections too where bands know visual artists in the scene and people that just want to hang out. And I think all of those mutual relationships together is really what makes the community so strong is because everybody just wants to support each other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, I've had some, some of my favorite episodes are interviewing people like photographers, like people that, uh, just like going to shows and like shooting shows and things like that. I've, I've made friends that do that. And it's just really interesting. Like, it's not just the bands you know what i mean there's there's people that play like integral roles in the scene without actually touching an instrument or touching a microphone you know and so like one of the other goals of the podcast was to like sort of paint a picture of the scene at large like all the people like within it like what makes it tick like i've talked to people who um like promote and like work for pr and you know artist relations and things like that people that work in production things things of that nature just to sh- you know give a little shine to the people that maybe wouldn't always get it um because so i think you know they're just as important and it's cool that you kind of get that you know i feel like i feel like most people within the scene do get that but for any like on the one on the outside looking in i think it's it's good to highlight that too because you know if it was just musicians there would be this is no scene would be able to sustain itself you know what i mean 
Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, so um, Oliver, that's really, he comes in kind of from two sides of the community because while he does play drums for the SSSR, really even before he was in the band, really his biggest thing that he was doing was um, taking photographs. He's an incredible photographer in the scene. So I think it's cool to kind of see his perspective on things as well, getting to be behind the camera, but also behind the drum set. Yeah, and I would imagine that like being a drummer or being an actual musician, probably you know the types of photos musicians want to see themselves in. You know what I mean? So like, I f- I feel like it being that like you know if someone's taking photos of you, like you can kind of imagine what types of shots you hope they get, and so that kind of that could probably inform him as a photographer when he goes to like, all right, you know, if I was the one playing the show right now what what i want to look like and so you could probably find the shots that look like that that makes sense yeah absolutely i think that's really kind of one of the things that that really makes his his work stand out and and he's just really incredible and if anybody's ever wanting to check him out really i mean his artwork is is just as incredible as his drumming and he's uh his name is oliver fitzgerald so he does some photography in the scene it's it's really dope stuff and so are you guys uh, a two-piece or are there more people in the band? <laughs> so that's that's kind of been a big question <laughs> kind of since the beginning. Uh, really, it's it's kind of mostly been a two-piece for the majority of the band. But then we have honorary members like Kevin Rice, like people that I wish could be more permanent players, but yeah, especially living so many States apart. And then kind of when COVID hit, that was really, I was in school. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was, so I was in school until the May of that year. And so um, once I graduated, that was really the time that my, my schedule was opening up um, and we had booked some shows, but obviously those didn't end up working out, but I'm hoping that eventually one day when touring starts back up, that we can really start, you know, being able to work with Kevin more and, and find you know, more permanent other players. Um, but for the most part, it's just been a two piece um, at first with me and Blake and then now me and Oliver. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so my next question is kind of ties into that. So like I a little mm-hmm. background, like my band, I'm the, I write all the songs. Like I write all the ideas and all that shit. It's like my baby, you know? And so it's, it's hard to, it's harder for me to find, I think, permanent members just because Mm -hmm. understandably so like sometimes people they don't they want to be a part of something where it's more collaborative and uh, you know i tell people straight up like hey you know like if if we vibe maybe you can be a part of the writing process in the future but for now i just want someone to play the record that i wrote kind of you know um with their own spin on it but i'm curious like what's are is that sort of your role like are you like a sole songwriter or when other people come along, is it like a collaborative effort with them? Or I'm just kind of curious, like what your guys' writing dynamic is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of important that you, you kind of bring up your, your kind of situation, because I think that songwriting can be 
incredibly vulnerable thing, especially when you're writing emo songs. And um, especially, I'm not going to lie, like some of our songs, you know, um, you know, a little sad sometimes, but also like with fun vibes. I like to say a fun band with sad vibes. Uh, But yeah, so it can be a really vulnerable experience to sit down and, and try and work through those emotions in a song. So while I, I really hope that somebody listening to the song can, can connect with that feeling, or at least know that somebody else has felt that and can relate to them. uh, It's, it's a little intimidating to sit down in a room and try and work through those feelings with another person. So I definitely see your side of things, but I just personally with kind of music that I've always written, which has been very like personal experiences. Uh, I've always found it kind of hard to be in a more collaborative setting, but it's something that I feel like I want to kind of explore more. But since it's mostly just been a two piece, really, I've, I've kind of brought in the songs and then me and Oliver will, will sit down and I'll be like, here's kind of what I have an idea of. And then we'll kind of work through it, see what drum parts we're feeling, see what the vibe is of the song and, and see how we can really bring the song to life through the music itself and in that kind of way. So it's really just for the most part been me doing the most of the the actual lyrics and guitar songwriting. Yeah. I yeah, I can relate with that. And it's like in, in terms of like that vulnerability, that's something that I talk about a lot on here actually, because like say for someone like the part of the sales pitch I might give to someone that was going to join my band would be like, you know, one, I think it's good. I think that's important. You know, you don't want to like sell someone on like, "Eh, it's mediocre, but you know, I think it's good, but also they don't have, it's, it's fun. Like it's fun. They don't have to assume any of the vulnerability. (laughs) So like (laughs) playing with me can just be a fun thing. And I can bear all the burden of like the emotional vulnerability of it. Um, you know, I think it is a rewarding thing to be, to be able to like entirely put yourself into something to where your emotional, like honesty or depth, it isn't being like watered down by collaboration. Not that collaboration is always watering down. I don't think that at all, but I think that like, there's something to like a singular voice, like directing the, uh, like whether it's the aesthetics or directing the tone of things like it's the most vulnerable thing. It's like being a solo artist with, with a band, you know what I mean? It's, and it can be, it can be scary, but again, like the, the, the scene is so supportive that I've never, I mean, when I first started playing shows, I guess I was a little bit more afraid to like pour myself out there. And like, I would probably perform and just kind of stand there at the microphone. <laughs> I'm like a <laughs> kind of like, I need like, yeah, I, I'm just very, I was very just like rigid. I kind of still am. I, I, but I think when I go back to playing shows, I'm going to go fucking ape shit. Uh, just because. Right. So just long. ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I ramble on a lot of times just the way my brain works, but I, I totally, totally get that. But I'll ask a question now. Um, can you tell I'm really good podcast host, by the way? I just, I just <laughs> roll with that. 
Kill it. Yeah, no, I, I I mean, I've always liked every episode I've heard. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm just fucking around, but I honestly do appreciate that. Like whenever someone comes on, like especially when someone comes on like and tells me that they've actually listened, I'm always shocked because in my head, I feel like I could name every single person who I think listens to the podcast because like, I, I don't know, I feel like I sell myself short a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people probably do, but I... Not sell me short, but sell themselves short. But when it's so basically, whenever someone like you tells me that you've listened or if you listen to an entire episode, I'm just like jaw hit the floor. Like, really? <laughs> like, I just feel so appreciative, you know? So that's really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, no, I think one of the things oh, that drew me to the podcast was just being able to get more of that inside personal glimpse. I know like one of the biggest things was was being able to show off more of that that personal side to people. And I think with it being such a community, it, it can be really nice to get an inside glimpse of what a person is like. Yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll ask a different question. I'll go back to the other one because you bring up that point. And I, that was one of the main things that I felt like was missing when I, when I first joined the music scene. And when I first, uh, was thinking about the podcast it's like i i understand social media but i hate it like i understand the use the utility of it but i also like hate the like the banality of it like how it's just like kind of like emotionally shallow a lot of times and it's just like dicking around a lot of times like it's not really always you know there's not a lot of artists like you see the artists have like these really vulnerable or like a really deep music but their online presence is just like jokes or memes or whatever because like i get that's what the internet's for but i just felt like there was a a gap where like i wanted to hear artists talk about like the the emotional side i want to hear the deep shit i want to hear you know that kind of stuff and i just felt like i wasn't getting that and so i'm just trying to fill a gap so i'm glad that like you interpret that like i'm glad you that and people listening kind of like are 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 gaining from the podcast like what i'm trying to put out if that makes sense um yeah absolutely i think it's always good to just be able to get to know people a little bit better and and really get to to see the community around you i think it's important to hear other people's stories in order to get those perspectives 100 percent. and also it's cool to like you know i'll tell you this i tell every band this like you know in the future if you release something new like a year from now or whatever hit us back up again because like over time like i don't want to stop doing this podcast and over time i think it would be really cool to sort of like chronicle bands growth through the podcast so like if you put out something in a year or whatever you'll be able to go back and listen to yourself talk about where you were at then and then compare that to where you are the next time we do an episode you know what i mean i try to have leave that open invitation for bands so that it can all like you can promote band i want to promote bands but also like like have a documentation for them and for their their followers and stuff like that so just throwing that out there too so you just so you know that Um, oh that's awesome but yeah so i wanted to ask you like what first of all like what are you promoting like is it do you have like a a record that just came out because sorry i i read so many emails and so many different bands come on I, it's hard for me to keep track of like what everybody is on or it, or or if you just wanted to come on just to come on and say hi that's fine too but i'm just curious if you have anything that you're currently promoting oh yeah so basically um back in december 
So pretty much about uh, two months ago, we ended up putting out an EP. We were working on it for quite a while. And I know there's kind of been this whole flip-flop, you know, with a lot of artists experiencing the question of, do I release it now or do I wait? But for us, we just really, especially, you know, a couple months ago, you know, it seemed no end in sight. And, and while things aren't, you know, completely back together by any means, um, we just decided not to wait any longer. And we really wanted to just put it out there. And I think, you know, it can be important. I think art is still needed now, especially more than ever. And so we ended up putting out an EP. It's called The Anatomy of Falling Out of Love. And it's a concept EP that really kind of shows the this. stages of that. Yeah, it's, it's I really... I can already it. tell from the title, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it pretty much, each song really tries to to break down. I really... I think not even just, I know it's the anatomy of falling out of love, but I, I started to notice not just in romantic relationships, but even friendships or other sorts of relationships that you have in life. I, I kind of noticed these, these tendencies or, or things that would happen. And it kind of seemed almost in a way um, to kind of be this, this process that kind of goes through and happens. And through the different stages of human connection. And so I really wanted to try and, and document those feelings and emotions as best as I could, as, you know, big of a concept that kind of is. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, I think it could apply a lot to experiences that a lot of people have gone through. And I'm really excited for really tying together the whole EP. We have a single coming out in a couple months from now called Conclusions. And that will really, I feel like, kind of give more of the broader theme of what I want the anatomy of falling out of love to really represent. Yeah. So, like, as soon as you said that title, like, immediately, like, I was literally just talking about this. Like, when you get a chance, you should listen to the episode I put out. Uh, I think it was the last one I did, honestly, with the, the Blowies from Austin. Um, we, I think it was that episode, and I was talking about... Um, if it wasn't that one, it was like one of the last five I did, but like the, the subject of, of relationships came up and I was talking to them about how I, you know, I'm about to get like personal, but not, not too personal, but cause I feel like a lot of people relate with this kind of like what you were just saying, but I just, I noticed this pattern and I'm, you know, I'm on the, the back end of my twenties, we'll say I'll be 30 very soon, but like I've been through enough relationships now to where it's like, I notice a pattern very much so and to where like i and there's nothing i can do about it either it's just like it's just like your feelings and it's just what you can't stop feelings from happening but like yeah just a natural evolution yeah and so like i'll i'll talk to somebody and if it's like the right person or if i get a vibe from them that i like it's like i immediately or very quickly will just just be flooded with these emotions and what whether and i've wondered is that love is or is love non-existent until all those feelings are gone and you still want to be with that person because my problem is like i feel really really strongly about somebody but then i'm kind of blinded to a lot of things because of that and then like i'll make a commitment verbally to them like you know i want to be with you blah 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 and then like it's almost like clockwork like six months in or something i just start to realize like oh my god like what have i done like i've i've made all these verbal commitments and i've like 
I've, I've been so forward with like my emotions and I've made such grand statements about how I feel that like, if those feelings start to fall off, which they naturally do for me, now I feel like I have to live up to this standard that I've set that I can no longer honestly live up to. And so it just becomes like this weird sort of like emotional dishonesty. And then eventually I just, my pattern is I end up falling out with them, you know? And so it's really interesting to try and one to realize that. And now it's almost like I'm afraid of, of, of having those good feelings in the beginning, because I feel like it's going to lead to just disappointment. And so I'm curious to hear from you, like, if any of that is relevant to like the theme of, of your writing, or if not, like, kind of like, what is the sort of, uh, if you like the breakdown of like, what, what it means for you, like what your, the title is and everything, like what, like what thematically what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just kind of building off of what you were talking about, really, um, I heard this quote in a podcast recently that I was listening to, but it was talking about relationships and um, it was two people talking and, and one person was in a monogamous relationship. The other one was in an open relationship. And regardless of the situations, I, the one of the biggest themes of love and really what they were talking about in this conversation of relationships is, is love is really making that everyday choice to, to be with that person and support them or be with them, whether it's a bad day or a good day. And I think that that's something super important is it really is. It's an, it's an everyday decision to love somebody. And so I think it's, it's good to be aware of your feelings. And especially as you were saying, you know, as you go through different relationships, being aware of where you're at, but even using those past experiences to be a better partner in the future, I think is also super important to have those other experiences. You know, if you, if you don't have, past experience or you know if you if you move on to another partner but you didn't learn anything from your previous relationship it can be hard to really feel that growth with somebody else and so for me the anatomy of falling out of love was really this story that I wanted to tell from the beginning when you do feel those really really good emotions and you know you're kind of on this high of meeting somebody and feeling so connected and wanting to share all of these parts of yourself that you normally would want to never tell anybody. And so it's kind of going from those feelings to then kind of how you were saying, you know, by the time it gets to to something about trains, it's like, man, I really, I really like this person, but, but what am I doing? And then, you know, as it moves through each song, it, it really does kind of show, um, the evolution of kind of the falling out of relationships. But I also think that there's a lot of other themes kind of mentioned throughout the songs that kind of still show a care. And I think by the time it gets to the last song, um, sleepless um, sleep paralysis, and I can't get up. Uh, I think by the time it gets there, it's it's really more of a bittersweet thing where you still love that person and you still care about them a lot, um, even though you're you're apart now and you both have these separate lives. But it doesn't have to be 
doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like I said, there's, there's so many different things you can learn just from having those relationships with different people, whether it's romantic or a friendship, you know, there's so much to learn from any connection that you have with people. Yeah. Are you me, by the way? Like, are you the same person as me? Cause like, <laughs> I, I feel, yeah. No, I mean, everything you said, I get it. Yeah. And I guess that's just like, that's, that's the universality of like human emotions. You know what I mean? Like the, but I think that you you clearly have an understanding of these things, and I definitely can relate with your sort of fascination with that process because I think a lot of people, a lot of people experience this. But I th- I was just talking to somebody today actually about like what it means to have like emotional intelligence, things like that, and I think this is one of the type of things like where a lot of people might feel it, but not everybody invites it in. Like not everybody like embraces the understanding of it, like because it. it a lot of it's unpleasant, right? Like a lot of it is, you know, having to let go of something. And a lot of it is, is it's not fun to do that. It's not, it's not fun to admit that you were wrong. You know, not that necessarily like loving somebody and then falling out of love is you were wrong in the first place. But in, in some ways, like when you think at first, like, wow, this, this might be the one, you know, this might be the person like that I spend the rest of my life with or something, because it's so easy to feel that way. You know, it's so easy to want that. And then in a lot of ways, giving up on that is admitting that you were wrong. So like a lot of people don't want to do that. So like, I think emotional intelligence is, is like the willingness to like embrace your flaws and like embrace the negativity of, of your emotions and, and learn from it. I feel like a lot of people aren't prepared to do that for whatever reason, you know, I'm not knocking them or anything, but it, it can be, it can be scary and it can be really uh, shitty <laughs> for lack of yeah. a better term. Well, and I think that's really what, what pushed me to want to write something like this is I had kind of been looking at these songs that I had written so far and I had seen the story kind of piecing itself together. And I know that, you know, I, I can't be the only one feeling like this clearly. And so I think for me, what really made me want to to put this out is I know that there's other people that that go through similar situations and may not know how to talk about it or may not know, you know, how to learn from from a past experience, whether it was a good one or a bad one. And I, I think I think you bring up a lot of good points, honestly. Well thanks. And may, mainly that's because I fucked up a lot of relationships. <laughs> you know <laughs> but see, good it's their experiences to learn from. And I think yeah. really what I want to really show in the last song is regardless of being in a relationship or not because the last song is really kind of more about taking an independent path and and sharing your voice and and sharing your story because I think that's also important too is is to express what you're feeling and your experiences in life because you know, as we've been talking about, hearing different people's perspectives is is really how we grow and learn. And so I think, you know, the last song is really more about taking that independent path and, and not needing somebody necessarily. But also, you know, people are great. And, you know, I love friendships. And I think there's also a lot of different relationships in life besides romantic ones that can also lead to very fulfilling experiences. 
Yeah, so you, you'd mentioned like the friendship angle, like when you first were sort of describing it. Do you feel like that the like the concept of like falling out of love? Do you think that? How do you think that applies to friendships versus like romantic uh, relationships? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, wow. Oh, sorry. You're Just good. had an alarm go off. But um, but no, I think really. When I take a look at the difference between the romantic sense of what the anatomy of falling out of love could be versus more of the platonic one, I think throughout seeing the falling out stages of relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships, I think you can kind of still pick up on a lot of similar feelings in a way. I know it's going to sound different because obviously there's not those same romantic, you know, gestures in a friendship, but whether it's okay, maybe they're, maybe we're talking less. Maybe we're not really getting along as well as we used to. Maybe distance is kind of coming between us. And, you know, I mean, there's friends that, you know, like I have a friend up in Ohio, um, we talk, you know, occasionally, but I don't get to talk to her as much as I, I wish I could. Um, things just get so busy and, and we kind of just get out of touch for months. But as soon as I see her in person, and I know there's other people that have these friendships as well, you you see that person and it's like time never went by at all. But then, you know, you take a look at other friendships where time may not really mean the best thing for that relationship and not that that's the reason the relationship falls apart but seeing the space and the time apart and you kind of start to really use that time to reflect and is, is this somebody that I really mesh well with and I feel like whether it's romantic or platonic I feel like that can really go that self-reflection can really go both ways yeah yeah and uh, you know different different friendships like you said will, will require different levels of maintenance you know and like different types of uh like you said time isn't always the best thing but other times like it's the best thing you know like i have i've had friends where i've had total falling outs and then enough time goes by and you don't even really need to apologize it's just you can just feel it that it's okay now, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't apologize. Like if, if, you know, if you, if you owe someone an apology or whatever, but, and, you know, I've always tried to do that, but there's definitely like, you've built up enough equity with someone in a friendship to where it's like, you just, there's so much allowance for both sides to fuck up and then for it to just be okay. Because like, you know, someone so well, like I have friends where like, if they fucked me over, depending on what they did, you know, short of like, you know, hooking up with like my girlfriend or something, you know what I mean? Like things that would be awful. But if it was just, you know, something petty or something stupid, like I know that I wouldn't require an actual apology from that person because I know them so well and because I know that they would feel sorry. And so like, I wouldn't be lording over them, like demanding it. And I feel like that's, I feel like with friendships, you're more likely to fall in and out. And it's like, it's more, there's more of a safety net there because like I adding the relationship element just makes it it's so much more difficult, I think, to go back and forth between on and off when there's like rom romantic stuff involved. I, I, it's harder to get that back than it is just normal friendship, having that extra layer. But also, I think there's another thing that made me think, and then I'll let you talk. <laughs> but I was thinking that like about family, you know, mm -hmm. 
how to relate because like falling out of love with like a family member it makes me think of like you know when you're growing up and you have like a certain relationship with like your mom or your dad and you you look up to them in a certain way and like as you become an adult for me at least like your relationship changes so it's like i'll take my dad for instance and sometimes my dad listens to this podcast so don't worry dad this isn't going to be weird i'm not going to bash you right now i'm just joking but (laughs) (laughs) but no i just feel like when you're a little kid you know i look up to my dad and he's like he's like this big strong guy and he's just like bulletproof you know and he's like your dad's like a superhero like when you're a little boy you know and then but then you grow up and you start to see that they're flawed people and so you have to kind of let go of this idealized version of like your dad or your mom or whoever in your family and then you start to have to you create a new new ways of loving them as a flawed normal human being and they become more of like not necessarily a peer because they're always your parent but you're you you're more on on the same level with them and so it can be painful to kind of let go of this idealized version of them in your head but once you do that you're able to kind of like reestablish a connection with them I feel like that's kind of an important thing. So I don't know if that relates with you at all, but that's, that's just something that made me think of. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I know different people have different situations and different experiences that they've had with their family, but I know even with mine, you know, I've, you know, really now coming from, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now and, you know, living on my own. And it's, it's really like, you know, you start to see, you know, I, as you kind of get older, and I, I'm sure you and a lot of other people can relate to this, you you start to realize that uh, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. But I think that really kind of made me kind of have a respect for for my parents, you know, being able to, you know, keep their shit together, but also like being able to help, you know, guide me and my siblings, you know, as as we grow up and, and give us advice and and that kind of thing, I think, you know, you start to really realize that you're just people and, you know, everybody's yeah. just, just a person and just trying to figure shit out. And it can be really weird. Um, and I think especially if, if someone younger were, were listening to this, you know, it can be really weird because I don't think sometimes you can fully be aware that each person that you're looking at, no matter how successful everybody is very confused about, you know, what their next move is. And and really life is so open to whatever choices you want to make. It's really up to that person. Your options are, are endless. Any day you could make a decision that, that could rapidly change things. And it's, it's really up to you. And it's, it's just kind of crazy to think about, but, but yeah, I think that kind of really plays into the whole thing of, you know, your parents and whether it's your parents or your professor, if you go to school or, you know, if you're at the grocery store and you're just around different people, you know, everybody's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, some of you said like how you are, once you realize you're totally like in control, like you could make a decision that could, you know, rapidly change your life forever. You like for a lot of people realizing that it could be terrifying. And then for a lot of people, it could be completely liberating. You know, just depending on your outlook. And for, for me, it changes from on a day-to-day basis sometimes. Like, you know, I feel like, fuck yeah, like, I'm going to be a musician. Like, I control that. Like, 
it's entirely up to me. If I decide to do it, then that's what I'm going to do. And then another day I'll feel just like on top of the world. And then in another day, I swear I'm not bipolar, but uh, another day I'll be like, fuck, it really is all on me. Like I, I have to make all the right choices. Like I have to, you know, put my ducks in a row and do it. And then it's completely overwhelming. Like this, the yin and the yang, you know, like the same, the same thing, the same concept can, it's just crazy to me how it could either be like complete freedom or like just terror, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's being an adult, I guess. And by the way, I can't say I'm an adult now without feeling like a child. I don't know if that's just me, but like every time, I don't know if you ever feel that way, but like saying like, I'm an adult now, it just makes me feel like a little kid. Like it, I just feel like I'm an imposter, <laughs> you know? No, I, I definitely feel that. And I know that I'm, I'm maybe a couple of years younger than you. So I still feel, you know, rub it in super fresh <laughs> out of the boat. So like, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Just thrust into the adulthood, but no, it, it's weird to even say that, but I think, you know, I think that's one of the really exciting things, but I think, you know, what you were saying, you know, sometimes you have these days of highs and sometimes you have these lows, but that's really, honestly, that's where, where I'm at currently is like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, making the choice to, to pursue music. But at the same time, I, I actually just put in my two weeks at one of my jobs. I have another job as well. And then I actually um, have this business with my sister and I, I made the decision, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and, and books and I was just like, well, I guess there's never really going to be a right time. So I, I, I quit my job and I've really Congrats. just been working on this business and it's been a lot of fun, but also, yeah, there's days where it's, and it's the same with the band, you know, there are just some days where it's just like, you feel so unsure of yourself and can I really do this? And it's like, you just have to know at the end of the day that, yeah, you can. And you know that if you can believe in yourself and, and really put in the work to to show others that the others are going to be attracted to that as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think, um, one, congratulations. I will say that again, because I, I have, if you go to the uh, Invite the Neighbors website, and this is like an Easter egg, but you scroll to the very bottom and it says, we all want to quit our day jobs. Like, that's like my tagline on the website, because like, that's the goal. <laughs> and so anytime you can do that and feel like good about it, and not like utterly terrified that's like a major win so i'm i'm jealous like i'm happy for you that's awesome um but yeah uh i can't remember what you said at the end there shit maybe it'll yeah no, i think that yeah no i think that's i think that's really funny but yeah that was really where i was at as i was working uh so i was working you know at one company one half of the day and then i've been working doing some production stuff the other half of my day and then i was doing i was doing stuff for this business um all my other time and and you know while it was super busy and also like you know fun but also a lot of work um i i think that really one of the, the quotes that inspired me. And obviously it's a different time and different circumstances. And I'm definitely aware of that as well. Um, so I, I definitely feel very fortunate to even just have a job in a global pandemic. And I'm, I'm well aware mm -hmm. of that. But for me at this time, you know, with my current workload, I was just like, what, when is there going to be a good time to quit this job? And the answer is never. I was never going to feel okay 
leaving there because I had established this relationship, you know, with my bosses and coworkers. And, and, and for me, at least at the, at this current time, it just, it did work out super well, but I, I think that's also like something really cool to, you know, keep in mind is like, you know, as long as you have, you know, a good backup plan and like a plan after that, you know, I think, you know, why not? Why not go for it? You know, but also I'm like the worst person to give advice. If you're like, I want to pursue music or I want to be a famous actor. I'm like, you should go for it. Like if you yeah. have a plan, you can do it. But I'm like the worst person at advice. But like that was yeah. for me, the that best. was really, yeah, that for me, that was really the advice that I, I needed at that moment was, well, why don't you? Yeah. Oh, shit. I guess you're right. Yeah. Sometimes it's so much simpler than people make it out to be. Like, I think a lot of it is, uh, and speaking of being the worst at something, I'm probably the worst person to like talk about like capitalism and politics or philosophical thing, because I just like, I go so much on feelings and I don't really have a lot of like practical knowledge on these things. But I I feel like capitalism is kind of programs you to have carry this guilt around not being the perfect worker, you know, or like leaving a job, you somehow, somehow you owe it to capitalism or whatever to the employer to keep the job. Like you only feel good about leaving when they don't need you or when they deem it to be okay. And it's, it's hard, but uh, you know, you gotta be able to reprogram your mind to see it for what it is like you don't owe anybody anything that's the thing like you know all you owe in my mind all you really owe anyone is to just be a good person and you know if you're gonna leave your job do it on good terms as best you can you know like sometimes you know employers are just shitty doesn't sound like that's your situation but like sometimes it's okay to just be like fuck this see you later and just peace out but you know you you mentioned like have a plan. Like that's smart. Like, I think that's, that's not actually not bad advice. Like it's telling someone to just quit their job, like willy nilly. I mean, yeah, that's bad advice. But to say like, if it, if you're not happy with what you're doing or what you really want to be doing requires you to leave, like just make a plan. Like if you don't have kids or if you don't have like an ob- family obligations or whatever, like within the context of being responsible, you can make a plan to move on. And like, I'm saying this to myself right now, because like, I need to do that. Like I need to get out of this job and give myself something with a little bit more freedom so that I can, you know, go on tours and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah. no, I think it's important to just kind of do what's best for you at the end of the day. Cause at the end of the day, whether it's your employer or whoever you're working for, you know, we're all going to die. And are you going to die knowing that you worked really hard for your employer? You know, you, are you going to, you know, do knowing what, knowing you did what you did to be a good person and, and treat people right. Even if you, it means leaving your job, but doing what was best for you and the others around you. And so I think I'm, I mean, honestly, that's kind of where I was at as I was, I really did not like my job for a second. And it wasn't, you know, necessarily because of anything in particular. I loved the people that I work with. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so 
back in November, I ended up getting my first freelance client and I started doing some design work and social media work. And and now I have, you know, 11 clients and in, in a business now. And, and so I think, you know, it's hard and it's not easy emotionally or sometimes, you know, financially to be able to, to make the decision to do something scary. But I think, you know, at least for me, you know, being at a point where I, I had so much work and at a certain rate was giving up on the time I was able to spend with my sister, for example, who moved down to Nashville in May. And so I think it's also important to like weigh those, you know, opportunities as well as, you know, being able to spend more time with the people that you love or, you know, being able to go out on tour, you know, having that flexibility. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there is when you give up maybe financial stability, not necessarily that you're giving it up, but like when you sometimes when you sacrifice you know, a little bit of peace of mind when it comes to that arena, like you gain freedom, like you like, yeah, you might like when you don't have a lot of shit, you're kind of free in a way. Like, you know, there's that old cliche, the things you own, own like things we own, own us type thing. So like, yeah, it, it's easy to fall into that. And, you know, I'm trying to minimize my life right now. I'm trying to like cut down on my like financial obligations that are just material, you know? Like when I'm done paying off my car, I'm going to sell it probably and get like a cheaper one and not have to worry about a car payment or something or, you know, a process of buying my house. That way I can, you know, have a, you know, it's, it's cheaper to pay mortgage than it is to pay rent. So it's like, I'm just trying to do all these things to like minimize my financial obligations so that I can affordably make less money and go do what I actually want and feel free. You know, there's like a trade off there. So, yeah, yeah no, and I think I think that's awesome because, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, like being able to, I mean, you could buy a bunch of material objects and have them sit in your house for 20 years or, you know, eventually, you know, you could you could use that money that you saved by by maybe not buying all that shit and, and really be able to spend that on experiences, you know, and, and yeah. really be able to look back and and be like wow i got to i got to do something really cool which i mean whether it's getting to fund a tour or you know do a small run you know it, it's really it's really those small small things that make huge experiences like even looking back on you know we we haven't done a full tour or anything like that um just because of our situations at the time before when i was in school and so we've really only done weekend runs and so even just looking back on those weekends, you know, those were so worth it, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that I, I have those experiences. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you mentioned weekend runs too. Like, I think I have a theory that that's honestly the way to go when you're starting <laughs> out is cause like you can hit markets in on prime days, you know, like if you only do weekend runs at first, like you're maximizing your, the amount of people that are going to be at the shows, I feel like. So you might only hit two markets in a run, but you hit them on a Friday and a Saturday instead of like going five days and hitting five markets, but only hitting two on prime days, you know? So like if, if 
being gone for a long time is hard and you know financially or whatever just just go every weekend or every weekend that you can go different places and it's you're accomplishing the same thing you know it's not as romantic of an idea as like being gone for two weeks at a time and obviously that's the goal at the end of the day but like when you're starting off and trying to build a fan base like why not just fucking do weekends that's what i'm gonna do you know yeah you have to start somewhere yeah um but yeah i want to get into like so when you were actually writing uh this record i'm curious like you know i kind of get the theme down and i'm not from a more like musical standpoint like what were you what were you into musically at the time or like what are some sort of like musical influences yeah i mean so it's kind of funny because i feel like between the first ep and then this ep it's kind of a little bit different and i feel like we kind of wanted to go a little bit of a different direction with this ep as well but I felt like when I was writing the first EP, I was really just in the beginning of discovering DIY and and really getting into emo music. I had finally discovered the genre that I connected so well with, and I loved guitars and emo music and the community around it, and I wanted to, to be a part of it. And I think that's one of the things that inspired me the most on the first EP was just wanting to write the music that I I really loved. And I I realized as I was doing that, that that as I was writing this next one, those weren't necessarily the songs that came easiest to me. Like, I don't know if it's the same way for you being a songwriter, but for me, like sitting down, I'm not going to be able to write a super fast out of genre song totally out of my comfort league as easy as I can sit down and write just a super you know for example for me a super maybe slow or vulnerable song and and really be able to do it that way and even if it's not as impressive you know guitar wise you know that's it's what's comes most natural to me as a songwriter when telling my stories. And I don't know if you personally feel that way. Is there a certain kind of gravitation that you've ever felt when you write songs? Um, well, you know, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Like I, I really need to work on this because I write my best stuff when I feel like shit. Um, Mm. and (laughs) yeah, like when I'm doing well, I just don't feel like I really want to pick up the guitar that much. Like I don't really feel compelled. Like I still do, but the best songs, like I, I, I'm not a prolific writer. Like I write when I feel inspired and I don't always feel inspired. So like, I, I don't really sit down and set out to write something. What I, what happens is like, I just like my, the record that I made that I'm putting out later this year is currently that's really, those are the only full songs I have. And they all just kind of came to me. Like, in the moment you know not all the lyrics but like the music i wrote most of them in like one sitting like the main parts and then the rest gets fleshed out in the studio i'm a really weird songwriter in that way like i very i very much try to channel the emotions of how i'm feeling at the time so like i, I write the main guitar part it usually in, in like one day and that's like the song that's the those are the bones and then I'll write the lyrics and I'll take more time with that. And they're usually like when I feel the worst, I'll feel the most inspired. And that's kind of like my therapy, you know, is like getting all that stuff out. And then, so I end up having like a lot of sad songs 
but then I feel good because I've gotten it out. So it's like, people will be like, are you okay? When they read my lyrics, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually okay because I was able to get that out. And it's sort of that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I don't mean to interrupt, but I feel like it can be a good feeling to be able to connect with other people that, that do also feel that same way as well. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so like, and then I'm so visceral and I'm so feeling based that like, so those are like, I put the most work into the lyrics more than anything. And mm-hmm. like I said, the um, the main song structure usually comes to me just in like a spur of inspiration. It just, I don't know. It just comes from the fucking clouds. Like it just comes down and it happens. Um, but then the rest. I feel I, like that's how the best songs happen. For me, it is. It a hundred percent is for me. Um, and then the rest, like this is a waste of money and time, but this is how it works for me. Like the, like the rest of the stuff I write in the studio, like I kind of will go in sort of having an idea of what I want, like the other guitars and like what the bass and like any like synth layers, things like that. But I, I just, whatever is kind of coming to me, whatever I'm feeling that day. Like I know when I listen to my record, it's going to be a culmination of how I was feeling and how the songs hit me on just a bunch of different days. And so it's, 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 it takes longer in the studio because it's just like, I'm writing on the spot and like, I'm obviously I don't write every part perfectly. I have to like, all right, I, this is how I want it to sound, but it'll take me several takes to get it perfect because I don't think about it beforehand. I just want it to be the vibe of that day. So it's like the most, the most visceral, like the most automatic response of me to my own music, if that makes sense. So that's yeah. just that's the way I like to do it, even though it's, it's kind of time, it's more time consuming and end up spending more money in the studio, but that's just, that's just the only way that really works for me, I guess. That's so interesting. No, I always love hearing about how different songwriters kind of come to write songs. I feel like everybody kind of has their own process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm honestly envious of people like my co-host Benny, who can't be here today. They're not feeling well, but like, they write all the time, I feel like. And and they're so much better at just like sitting down and and just being in writing mode and just like writing a bunch of shit. Whereas I I, I feel like I'm the type that will never have B sides because I, I don't have I don't feel the capacity to write more than I need to. Like I I just put more time, I think, into and you know, granted a lot of people who write a ton of songs. It's not like they're writing full-fledged songs. You know, they have like a lot of ideas and they take the best ideas right. and then they develop those. I just I just don't. <laughs> you know, like that's just that's just me. That's how I've always been. Like I and I can't write lyrics unless I already have a song. So it's not like I have stockpiles of like notes on my phone of potential lyrics. I just it just happens. And I need to figure out a way to channel that and not feel shitty because I don't want to feel shitty. You know, like I want to be happy. I don't want to, you know, have a, my process like rely on being depressed. Cause I don't want to be depressed, but I also want to be a musician. So I don't know. I got to figure that out, to be honest. No, I mean, honestly, I, I can totally relate to that. Sometimes I feel like it's, it's hard because I mean, especially for me sometimes, you know, when I'm most happy and and doing things um i mean honestly you know if i'm i'm most happy maybe i'm playing a show or maybe i'm just hanging out with my sister or a friend and you know so i think in those moments it's kind of hard because when you're most alone 
or feeling more down, you're usually more vulnerable, maybe not with people. And I feel like that's usually the time when you make the time to sit down and and put a guitar in your hand and it can be helpful to work through those feelings. And I feel like, you know, I feel like regardless of whatever your intention of ever putting out music is, I feel like, like you were saying, like as you write songs, it's, it's kind of showing different stories of what you were feeling that day. And so I think whether 10 people listen to it or a hundred thousand people listen to a song, I think, really the most important part is, you know, did that person connect with it and, you know, being able to share your story and knowing you're, you're not alone in that feeling. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the target goals of like the lyrics I write is to be just um, like personal enough to where like people, it, it feels real, but vague enough to where they can make it their own story, you know? Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't I I, perp- I don't use people's names for one like that's something people do I don't use names and uh, I don't I, I fictionalize you know sometimes I, I the the lyrics are all based on my feelings but I like to uh, create almost like a character like my EP is like a conceptual sort of thing about loosely based on my own experience, but also dramatized, you know, like, and I I had to come to a realization that I didn't have to be completely honest about everything because it's art. It, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not writing my memoirs. Like I I'm writing, I'm making art. So like I, but for a while, like I felt dishonest doing that. Like I felt like if I, if I dramatize this, that's cheap or I'm doing it for effect and I'm not being true to myself, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, I'm writing this like, I heard this quote that I love. It's like, you only really own as an artist, like 50% of what you put out. And then the, the, the other 50% is owned by the consumer turning it into whatever they want it to be or con- and yeah. interpreting however they want. So that made me realize like, I only own really like theoretically, I only really own half of this. So I only really need to be about half truthful, <laughs> you know, like I can, <laughs> I can make this whatever I want. And so I, I try to stay as close as to like, to my 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 heart you know like as i can but also sometimes embellishing or adding or subtracting details that just makes it more accessible or more interesting um and i feel like i can do that without sacrificing the overall theme of what i was feeling or what i'm trying to convey so it's right it's fun honestly that's my lyric writing and like concept and uh, like creating a concept and creating aesthetics and like kind of like trying to make a, a theme for something is I feel like we were, we relate on that because, you know, I feel like I, I didn't set out to do this. It just kind of happened. Yeah. It's like in hindsight, I realized there was a pattern, there was a theme. Yeah. And then is when I started to create the aesthetics of it. I'm like, okay, well, in hindsight, this is what I was thinking. I'm able to find these themes. All right. Now, like, what is the art going to look like based on that? Like, what is my stage presence? And like, what are the aesthetics of like the stage going to look like to, to fit that? And it's, I think that's just naturally the way like my brain and maybe someone like you, that's just the way your brain works, you know, trying to find those patterns and things. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely feel that even, you know, as I was putting together the anatomy of falling out of love, like I said, it was just kind of like, this collection of songs, some I had written a while ago, some I had written pretty recently. 
And it was just because obviously I didn't write them in the same order that they, they are on the EP. But then as I was looking at them, I, you know, you start to see this dialogue forming. And I, I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited to hear your, your new record, honestly, because I think being able to form that dialogue and then even as you were saying, when you bring in these other elements, whether it's, um, you know, your merch or your social media and I think being able to use all of these different things to help bring that story to life is, is really cool. And I think that was really kind of one of the biggest things that inspired us to maybe rebrand, I say in quotes, um, a couple months ago, like before the EP came out was just, you know, what were we, what was our content like before? Like, where would I rather go? And for, for us at the time, it was, I, I think we want to be able to tell the story and, and for us telling that story kind of meant rebranding the kind of posts that we put out on, you know, social media and, you know, the design of our artwork and, and all of that. I think it all plays a very important part of bringing that story to reality. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say like rebranding because like, I feel like that's something I'm going to do every record that's something i want to do every record is, is sort of oh yeah because like i i know that i'm very add and like even within the record you'll hear that like every song is not like they flow together kind of but i mean you can tell that i wrote them all <laughs> i guess but <laughs> they all they all have like a different personality they have like different moods and stuff and I'm like that so much because because I write songs so seldomly and because it's always based on however I'm feeling in a certain moment, they're going to be radically different. So like what I write in the future is going to be different. It's just going to be different. And it's not going to the, the, the same aesthetics probably aren't going to make sense, you know, like yeah. it, so it's like and I'm more interested with bands like that when bands like from record to record, like you genuinely don't know what you're going to get. And there's like the added layer of intrigue, like which, what direction are they going to go this time? You know, I want to keep people guessing, keep them interested. Like, I don't want to just keep giving them like 30 minutes of the same shit. So, right. Yeah, no, I think that's honestly something that I've always been super drawn to as well. And even, I mean, even looking at, for example, you know, you, you can take a look at Paramore when they put out, um, after laughter, I know when that record came out, I was pop at it <laughs> with my freshman roommate in college. And, you know, it, I know that at the same time, there's probably a couple people out there that didn't really like the direction of Paramore. But I, I think that it's it's cool to see bands be able to evolve and, and test new boundaries because, you know, yeah. It, why not experiment? You know, you've you've built this platform and you're clearly so talented. Like, I want to hear every story that you have to tell, no matter what perspective it's from, really. And I think even bringing up the fact of, you know, you have these songs based on personal feelings and experiences, but you feel like maybe the truth or what the actual story was maybe gets stretched. I feel like at the end of the day, it, it's all art and it's all stories. And regardless of how that story actually played out, the story is is really the song. And I think being able to to make something like you were saying that's accessible and you know something that people can really see themselves in. I think that's 
equally as important to to really be able to connect with people. Yeah, I 100%. Like one of the things I'm the most excited about of like releasing this stuff later is sending it to some friends that I know are interested in like my friend Taylor uh runs the music blog swim into the sound which i highly recommend um yeah no i've checked out that blog before i love it yeah yeah taylor's just shit but like he's gonna sort of he's gonna guest host this podcast like when i release it and he's gonna interview me about it about the record which i'm fucking stoked for because i like talking about myself like every artist like i mentioned earlier but <laughs> but um <laughs> no i i think one of the things i'm most excited for is like not telling people what the story is, not telling people what I was thinking about, and honestly, maybe never telling them fully. Or I, I just want to hear what other people interpret, you know? That's like, I'm more interested in that 50% I don't own than the 50% I'm aware of because, like, I already know where I'm coming from. I want to see what people like. That's the kind of the test for me. Like, if people can take the record I make and make it something their own and and that that's that means i i was successful you know i feel like that for me everyone has their own markers for what success is for every album that they write or whatever but for me it's like how one can i tour on it (laughs) can i have a good tour but like artistically it's like what what do other people make of it like are people engaging with it in a way that is personal personalized for them like is, is, am i did i create something that they're able to do that with and that's i'm really excited for that you know like it's it, it's it's scary too like i don't know if you <laughs> felt this way like when you put something out it's like uh is, are people gonna vibe with this like is this too much me or is this n- not something that other people are gonna understand or or like connect with that's i'm utterly terrified about that like i've had a few people listen to you know like the single or whatever and i've heard good things and i'm appreciative of that but i'm just like overall kind of scared of like how is this really going to be interpreted or received you know right i mean especially if you're playing you know more vulnerable songs it it can be really intimidating to like whether it's standing in front of a room full of people to and play this song or putting it out in the universe just on the internet for literally anybody including people that you know and know very well to listen to it, it's really it's it is it's really scary yeah <laughs> i've uh like i remember when my dad first time my dad saw me play that was probably the most nervous i've ever been <laughs> and that wasn't <laughs> wasn't even I wasn't even singing. That was, I was in a different band just playing guitar. And even that was like nerve wracking. Cause it's like, wow. It's like, in a lot of ways, I, f- I feel like that that's the real me up there, you know? And it's, there's this nerve. And you know, my dad was the one that got me into rock music. So there does, it does not even rational for me to be worried about that. It's not like he's like over like super Christian and is going to disapprove of me or whatever, like devil music, blah, blah, blah. But like, that was utterly terrifying. But then, after the show and seeing how like stoked about it he was and like proud or whatever that was one of the best moments i've had in music too so you know just speaking to that vulnerability and it can be the most scary but it can also be the most rewarding like if it if it goes the way you want it to and that's that's the risk reward of it all you know 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like getting to whether it's somebody finally hearing somebody talk about something that they connect with, but never could say, and you're now saying it, or, you know, you, you find somebody that connects with your story. It's either way. It's, it's this, it's this feeling of connection and belonging that even if that song is, is really sad or scary to have put out originally, I think it kind of makes it worth it once you're able to find somebody that can relate to that and you know that you're not alone yeah i mean that's that's kind of what it's all about is you know that's what i mean when it terms of like why i want to be a musician is because i know the feeling of like when i'm at a show for one of my favorite bands and like there's like these moments where you realize like we're all here for the same reason and like if you have like a good performer like I saw the early November one time and Ace was talking about like their singer was about like how awesome it is and how lucky he felt to have created a community around a feeling, you know, or the songs that he wrote, like, you know, every city he goes to, it's like the people in that area that all sort of relate that all sort of vibe with his message in some way and it's about like creating a community like i don't care about being like world famous i want to be the type of person that like when i'm at a show i people are there because of they they relate with what i'm saying and it's not about me necessarily it's about what's being said it's about the feeling you know and that connecting like that that is like that's better than any amount of money. You know what I mean? Like being able to do that is what I dream about. I don't dream about like platinum records on the wall or like getting, getting stopped at the grocery store for autographs. I don't give a shit about that. But like, if I could have that community environment where like I created something and then all of a sudden people, enough people want to or related with it, that they all wanted to be together on the same day in the same place. Like that's, that's insane. Like that would be the best thing ever. And that's kind of like, that's the dream, you know? Yeah, just bringing people together. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've had a nice, nice conversation, nice long one. Uh, I'll wrap it up so I can uh, go feed my cats and feed myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed meeting you and talking and stuff. I felt like this was a good good episode, and I appreciate that you actually asked me questions. Sometimes that doesn't happen, which they don't have to, but it's nice, you know? Yeah, of course. No, I mean, it's it's been really good to meet you and even learn a little bit more about your journey in music and kind of getting to to talk. I feel like we kind of relate a lot on, on some feelings. So, you know, it's been really nice to just get to connect with somebody that that feels very similarly. 100%. Um, couldn't agree more. But would you uh, just just say where people can find your music and social media and just plug whatever you want to plug in that way? Yeah, absolutely. So we are called the SSSR and you can find us pretty much anywhere at SSSR Band TN. Um, we're pretty much on anything, um, though most active on Facebook and Instagram. So that's probably where you'll find us. Um, but yeah, and if you want, uh, go ahead and listen to The Anatomy of Falling Out of Love. It's open anywhere you listen to music but thank you so much for having me on the show today i really appreciate all your time today yeah absolutely it's always always a pleasure 
getting to meet new people and, and shoot the shit about music and feelings and, and stuff like that. I, I love doing it. So like I said, let me oh, know yeah, uh, wow. in the uh, future, if you know, if you got new stuff, you know, feel free to come back on and, and you know, it, it, when the world reopens, if you're on tour or something, hit us up because I I'm always down to play shows with people that have been on the podcast and book and, you know, have people actually come through the house and do episodes in person. I love doing that. So keep that in mind too. Oh yeah, that'd be sick. And hopefully one day you'll be able to meet, you know, whole crew, me and Ollie. And, you know, maybe one day we'll be able to play a show together with Kevin there too. That'd be sick. But yeah, yeah hopefully this is not our last encounter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I'll let you know when this is going to be coming. And there you have it. Another episode of Invite the Neighbors, this time with the SSSR. And I hope you got this far. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I hope you will listen again. If you don't want to miss an episode, follow us on social media. Invite the neighbors on Instagram, ITN Pod on Twitter. Um, and give us a follow on Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or whatever you use. It's all subscribable. Um, yeah. Give us a follow and tell a friend about the podcast. You know, share it on social media or share it with a friend. Just word of mouth type stuff. It's all very appreciated. Um, thanks for listening and hopefully you will be back. All right. See you guys.